0: The following message was preached at Flint Hill Baptist Church. We would love for you to join us on Sundays for life groups and worship, or on Wednesdays for adult Bible study, kids, and youth activities. For more information, visit flinthill.net. Last week I started, I guess, a little Advent series, just preaching through Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and uh, let me get that out. <clears throat> and because so, you know this season of advent i love i love christmas time i love the season of advent i love for us as the song said prepare our hearts prepare room in our hearts for the lord and i you know i think it's good it's good for us individually and as our families to to make time take time to uh set aside specifically during this time of year to keep our eyes and our hearts focused on uh the real reason of this season of year the lord jesus uh, if you will, before before I begin, I just do want to take a moment and pray. Uh, we do have a good group of folks that are at the Church of Southside this morning. Uh, they've already started their worship, and they've started they, they do a meal every time they gather. Some of you have gone and been a part of that. We've got a good number of our students that are down that way uh, this morning, and I uh, just want to just want to pray for them. If you will bow your heads with me this morning, Father, we just come before you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And God, I pray for Keith Akins. And Lord, I pray for that church at Southside. God, for every person that gathers there this morning. God, that you would be exalted. God, in the worship and the preaching of your word. God, that you'd meet real needs in the people's lives through a meal that is provided for them in Jesus' name. Lord, God, that you would just show up there on the streets of Birmingham. I pray for our students and the adults that go with them. God, that you'd work in them. God, not just ministering through them, but Lord, in them. God help us to be a church that does whatever you ask us to do and goes wherever you want us to go to minister to people that need Christ, to encourage others to know Christ or to help meet real needs in people's lives. God, we love you, we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. All right, so it's good. Uh, let me say that and just to remind you, just want to praise the Lord, um, the backpacks that uh, the money's been provided uh, for that through your generosity and on Christmas Eve this year, if you've been a part of that ministry of the Church of Southside, they have a big Christmas service where uh, the folks that come get all these uh, opportunities to be blessed by various things, clothing and whatnot, gifts, and our responsibility were the backpacks, and I'm just grateful for that. On the 13th, if I got my days right, that's a Wednesday night, we will... Um, uh, gather together here in our wednesday night worship put those backpacks together i'm also asking us and I, and, and we're going to do this is to write christmas cards uh and put them in those backpacks i, I just just think there's something special we don't know who's going to get them we don't know the name of the people but we can write those cards and send that word to them and who knows how god may use that as they open it up and read it uh, but we're gonna we're gonna gather here on wednesday night during wednesday night worship put them together but then on that Sunday, the 17th, just pray over them. the next Sunday, they'll be distributed down there uh, on the streets of Birmingham. All right, so in Isaiah chapter 9, uh, let me, let me uh, if you will, open your Bibles to that passage. I, I'm going to be in several scriptures, kind of like last week. We know, we know in Isaiah chapter 9, the Isaiah, God blessed him with the ability to look beyond his moment. And really looking back in Christ, we see the messianic prophecies that are being fulfilled. I mean not just I mean this is just one passage of scripture, but we see it in Christ over and over in the in what we call the Old Testament. When 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 the the New Testament writers look back, they begin to look at these passages and begin to see clearly by the Spirit of the Lord how God had foretold long before the coming of the Messiah that he would come. And in Isaiah chapter nine verse six, the scripture reads, For to us a child is born And to us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And we know these are messianic titles that God has placed on uh, Jesus as he is uh, foretold hundreds of years before his birth. But but so today, what I want to do is just take a moment and look at the title Mighty God, Mighty God. Um. You know, it's really, it's really, uh, when I make this statement that God is all powerful and almighty, I mean, it it really, I mean, the words fail us when we say this, and it's true. I mean, it's absolutely true. We just sang some songs about how awesome and how powerful he is, and it is true. Uh, There's several ways that God has made himself known through scripture and really through history and through uh, our lives, even so today, how awesome in power he is. The first, the first way that he does this is, uh, first of all, as creator. In other words, we, we see, if you have, you, you can turn there if you want to in Genesis chapter 1, go back to the very beginning of Scripture, and you know this. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless or empty or void, and darkness covered the surface by the Spirit of God, it was hovering over the waters. In the very beginning of what we call the Bible, the written scriptures, the declaration, God created everything, the heavens and the earth. And this is a, this is a powerful statement. I mean, in, in, in your Bible, in the Hebrew text, the, the reading there is out of nothing. Literally, there was nothing, out of nothing God created. And we see the account here in Genesis, he just speaks, let there be light. I, I know, I mean, for us, I mean, it's like preaching, you can't preach that hard enough. I'm telling you, it's, I mean, it's, it's amazing that just by His Word, that out of nothing created all things. I mean, the heavens declare His glory. In Isaiah chapter 40, later on in this, in this wonderful book, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 21, Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded, He sits enthroned? above the circle of the earth, and and his people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy, spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them, and they wither. He is a whirlwind that sweeps them away like chaff. To whom can you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created these? Who brings out the stars one by one? Who calls them by name? Because of his great power, his mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. I, it is, I mean, I'm listening, I'm it's way too much for me to understand and comprehend. I mean, when I say that, that's an understatement. But we need to declare God is all powerful, almighty. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. In fact, the Bible says the heavens declare His glory. Behold. I don't know if you've ever seen a majestic sunrise or sunset or overlooked something. I mean, when it, the, the, the handiwork, the fingerprint of our Heavenly Father is in all over creation. And you know, the, 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 the pinnacle, the climax of that creation is me and you. I don't know if you think about that. Friend, he and I'm gonna pause right here. He loves you. Some of y'all not listening. Turn, turn to your neighbor right now. If you turn to your neighbor and tell them God loves you. Turn to him right now. Turn to them. All right. Thank you. Sometimes you got to get a little reinforcement. You gotta you gotta press that in. I, I say that because sometimes we miss, we miss out on that. The pinnacle of God's creation is me and you. Humanity is the pinnacle. In other words, God put his handy print. And the, the Bible declares, he knit me and you together in your mama's womb. You were made precious, unique, one of a kind. Nobody like you in the world. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I know. I know. You're saying, preach, you get too fired up. But I'm telling you, it'll change your life when you begin to understand how much God really loves you. <laughs> Period. He created you, yes. Knit you together. And you know what else he did? He saved you. I mean, he had made a way for you to know, know forgiveness of sin and the assurance of heaven. I mean, that's what this season's all about. But when we make this statement, when I make this statement, God is all powerful. He is Almighty. I mean, Isaiah made this statement. He's a mighty God. I, I mean, I want you to hear that all throughout Scripture. That declaration goes forth. Richard Blackaby made this statement in one of his books. He said it's one of literature's greatest understatement.s To say God is all-powerful. His might dwarfs that of any monarch, any president, any prime minister, any dictator, ever has been, ever will be. God is all-powerful. He exercises undisputed sovereignty over every atom of creation. No one comes close to matching His strength. Nothing can prevent Him from accomplishing His will. Because He is supremely powerful... He always achieves his purposes, regardless of how impossible it may seem from our perspective. It's amazing. God is all powerful. Isaiah looked through the annals of time by the Spirit of the Lord in that moment. He says, He is a mighty God, not only in creation as creator, but also as the eternal King of the universe. Again, Richard Blackaby makes this statement. He says, because God is all-powerful, He is sovereign. He is the king of the universe, the eternal sovereign. There never has been, never will be one like Him. There's none that can match His power and His sovereignty. He is Lord of all. And what's amazing is, God, man, it's amazing. God wants to and allows me and you to experience His incredible power in our lives today. God wants more than anything to reign and rule in our hearts. Now listen, that's a lot of work. Now, not, you know, i got to look at somebody. I don't mean you. I'm sorry, my eyes are drifting to somebody. But I'm just saying, it's, I mean, I'm, I can speak to myself. I can look at the man in the mirror. It's amazing to me as humanity, we refuse to bend our knees to the one true living God who's all-powerful. Now, we really think we can handle it ourselves. I mean, y'all probably don't have that problem, but we really, we really get so full of ourselves. We really feel like, no, it's my job. I can do it. I'll do it my way. And God is sitting here going, I am able. I am able. I am all-powerful, almighty God. The psalmist had it right in Psalm 33, verse 8 9. What is our response to this incredible power of God that's been demonstrated, that's been foretold, that's manifested throughout creation, that even comes in the birth of that baby, as we know him as Savior, Lord Jesus? You know what our response, the the good response to this incredible awesomeness of power, Psalm 33, verse 8 9 says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For He spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Scripture declares the greatest thing we can do is to fear Him, to revere Him, to respect Him, to be in awe of Him. To humble ourselves before Almighty God. That's the greatest response that any of us could ever have to the Lord God Almighty. This mighty God is to humble ourselves before the King of the universe. You know, the Messiah... The people awaited the the king to come. And when he came, so few people saw him and acknowledged him coming as the Messiah. They wanted some different type of ruler. And man, I'm telling you, he wanted to rule in our hearts. He wanted to rule over us. And, And that's part of his plan to rule eternally over his people called by his name. But make no mistake, Jesus is mighty god isaiah declared it in the prophecy but no doubt about it jesus is mighty god the second thing i want to share with you is this we we see it in the scriptures god is creator god is all-powerful and let me just say i know I, i know i'm i know i say this a lot but jesus christ is fully god and fully man when we celebrate the this time of year this birth of this baby this isn't just some baby I mean, the Bible is clear that it's the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God Almighty stepped out of heaven and into humanity at the birth of Jesus. And and listen, this is mighty God. How do we know this? The the New Testament, if you want to turn there, John chapter 1. Gavin, Gavin actually shared this earlier. In John chapter 1, let me get there, hold on. Should have it marked here. In John chapter 1, he, he recited this earlier. John writing about this Jesus. He said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He is very God in the flesh. And Paul writing about this, turning your New Testament a few books over to Colossians chapter 1. Beautiful chapter here about the supremacy of Christ. Paul reflecting on this incredible truth. That Jesus is God in the flesh, mighty God. In Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15, in, in making this incredible declaration of Scripture about Jesus, He says He is the image. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, thrones or powers, rulers, authorities, all things were created. By Him, Jesus, mighty God, and for Him. for Him, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything, He might have the supremacy. Jesus is mighty God. The New Testament teaches that over and over. He is mighty God in the flesh. He's also the conquering King. We're reminded in 1 Corinthians, turn there with me if you will. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. When Paul's writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 3 and 4. He says, For what I receive, I pass on to you as first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. Paul's writing and reflecting on what had happened and, and not only that, he says and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at a time. Most of them were still living. He appeared to James, and then the apostles, and then last of all, he says, he even appeared to me on that road to Damascus. Abnormally born, he said of himself, the least of any of them. But make no mistake, Jesus is mighty God. Not only was he there in creation and creating all things, but he's the conquering king. He rose from the dead. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. I mean, he is, he is our victor, and in Him we have victory. He secured it. His resurrection is His coronation. In other words, how do we know that He really is God, very God? How do we know He's mighty God? Because He rose from the dead. He's alive. He's very present. Now, I know, I know. Somebody said, Jay, that blows my mind. I know, blows my mind. I was sharing with our membership class this morning. Jesus Christ, I mean, good night. He told Nick, you've got to be born again if you want to see the kingdom of God. Nick was confused over that. He's like, what do you mean? How How can I know that I'm born again? He said, when God births you from heaven, the Spirit of God comes down in your heart, testifies in your heart, in your life, that He's alive in you and forevermore. I mean, it's a beautiful mystery and miracle that God would step out of heaven into our lives today. Listen, it's the incarnation all over again. If you believe the Christmas story, then you believe that God in salvation can restore and renew and all, all of a sudden take up occupancy in this life that we have. That's amazing. It's mysterious. I get it. But it's real. Paul declared it, I mean, over and over again in your New Testament. In fact, it goes on in this chapter. You can read this chapter on your own. He said, If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then we're all still in our sin. He he, he said, if Jesus didn't uh, wasn't resurrected, then what we're doing is in vain. And we're still under our sin. But it's his resurrection that coronated his kingship, that he is king, mighty God, forevermore. Romans chapter 5, turn there with me. Because not only is Jesus mighty God as creator and conquering King, but it's also through the cleansing power of his blood. To God be the glory. He conquered death, hell, and the grave, but his blood conquered enmity between us and God. This division, this separation, this sin, all of this was covered and cleansed through the power of his blood, the sacrifice that he gave of his life. Romans chapter 5, verse 9 through 11. Now that we've been justified, that means made, made right, how by his blood? How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have what? Reconciliation. Jesus is mighty God. He's conquering King. He, yes, created heaven and the earth. He created me and you. But listen, He is mighty God, and there's no one greater. His sacrifice secured us. For us, this incredible cleansing of our sin. But notice the scripture here. We're being made right, justified before God. He paid the price on our behalf, making us right. We are now, because He took upon Himself our sin, we might become in Christ the righteousness of God. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? There's no one greater, no one stronger I know some of y'all are saying, oh, I don't know, can Jesus really, yes, 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 and amen. Yes, God is able, able, even in your heart, to cleanse your heart, to set you free, to secure you in Christ, to be strong in the Lord. Yes, please hear that, church. What regardless of our circumstances with the world may tell you, I'm telling you that in Jesus' name, the power of His blood breaks forever the curse, satisfies forever the wrath of God, and sets us free to know Him, to be reconciled to our Heavenly Father. The cleansing power of the blood of Jesus is real. Good night. I, I pray it's real in your heart. Oh, I pray. Dear God, help us. He is mighty God. He is mighty God. Conquering. King, cleansing power of the blood. But I also want to, I want, to, I want to kind of bring it down for us here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because it's one thing to make a declaration and say Jesus is mighty God, which I have. And I hope you hear me. The Bible's clear, the teaching's clear. Now, He doesn't need me to say that. He's already said it and He's declared it on His behalf. But I want to say this Jesus is our personal mighty God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I hope you're there with me. If you are, I want you to see this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation, brand new in Christ. There's only one who has the power to make you brand new, and that's Jesus. There's no one else. He is my, He's our mighty God. The new creation, the old is gone and the new has come. All of this is from God. It didn't come from you, it didn't come from me, it came from the Lord who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making an appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled. Why? Because verse 21 says it all. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, There's three things here. It's only a little slide up there. Jesus is our mighty God, personally, possessively. He alone is able to restore us. In other words, the restorative power of God that's demonstrated in Christ. He's restoring our hearts. This, This heart that is messed up and full of sin, He's able to restore it. Uh, he's also able to renew it. He's, in other words, give us a brand new one. Well, what are we restoring? This relationship with God that is real and personal. It's uh, talking about the reclaiming power of God that's being demonstrated. There's parts of our lives that God that because of sin have been separated away from God, but now in Christ, God is able to redeem those areas of our lives, reclaiming those for His glory. It is amazing. Jesus is our mighty God. It is in Christ alone that He's able to restore, to renew and to reclaim our lives. I, please hear me, church. God I, listen, I know it sounds so preacherly to say this, but God has a purpose and a plan for your life. every one of you, every guest that is here today. If this is your first time or your hundredth time to come to church. God has a plan and a purpose. And part of that plan is for him to redeem you, to restore to you, to renew you, and reclaim your life for his glory. God has work for you to do and for me to do that was called upon long before we ever showed up on the scene. And God wants to restore us and renew us in this day. Jesus is our mighty God. As we celebrate this season, it is all about the mighty, glorious, almighty God that we serve. He is able. When we come to this time, I can't help but to think about a little song. I don't, I don't, some of y'all might know this song. Now, I'm not going to sing it. I didn't, didn't want to make you nervous there for a moment. I mean, I don't mind, but I you might. It wouldn't bother me any, but. A little song. Lewis Jones, back in 1899, wrote this song. Some of y'all, I was about to say some of y'all were there during that time, but y'all weren't, were you? I'm kidding. It's a goody, but an oldie. Listen to the words of this song. Would you be free from the burden of sin? Would you over evil a victory win? Would you be free from your passion and pride? Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. Would you do service for Jesus your King? Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's only one way. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. There's wonder working power in the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Church at this point right here, I just want to, I just want to declare to us today the power of God being presented in Christ, His death, his resurrection changes lives, has been and ever will be till Jesus calls us home or comes again. There's no other way under be. To salvation and no other way to have freedom from this burden of sin or to be cleansed or to be made whiter than snow. There's no way that you were going to live each day for his praises to sing unless we are covered under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, as we come to this time in this service right now, I, I just ask you, Lord Jesus. God, I just ask, Lord, that right now, right here, God, that you would do a work in us right now. God, bring us face to face with the reality of where we are in Christ. Remind us today, you are mighty, God. God, you break the power of sin. You canceled our debt. You forgave us completely. You've restored unto us the joy of your salvation. God, you have changed us from the inside out all through your sacrifice your death and resurrection. But God, I recognize there may be people here today that have forgotten that. Or maybe there's a child of God here today that forgot that they can come to, to you again right now, right here, and ask and, and, and to, to cleanse them and to forgive them. God, there very well could be somebody here today that's never, ever, ever come to you. God, would you awaken our hearts right now? Would you just beat so clearly and knock so clearly on the door of our heart? And God, would you enable us to open it up by faith and trust you personally right now to cling to the blood of Jesus, to cry out to you for forgiveness of sin? God, that right now, right here, God, just step out of heaven into the hearts. God, we ask all this in the powerful, mighty, wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand with me, church. At this time, we're going to sing a song of what we call a song of response. In some of our churches, it might be called an invitational song. It's an opportunity for us to respond to the Word of God. That response may be very personal right there where you are. Or you might be here today and you know this is where God is is calling you. And this is where you need to come. And we invite you to come. Make that public. Friend, you very well could be here today and you know that you you need to make public your faith in Christ and follow through believer's baptism. And we want to invite you to do that. This is a song of response. You respond as we sing this song. Let's do that together, church.